If you've been waiting for the Surfers Are the Worst t-shirts, good news, they're available. We've got them in stock, and you can go over to staycovered.com. My good friend Mark Kappa, who runs Stay Covered Surf Accessories, you can get leashes, board bags, wax, candles, apparel, all sorts of cool stuff over at staycovered.com. And that's also where you can get the Surfers Are the Worst t-shirts. Surfers are the worst tees available. We've got Black Friday. We've got the holiday season coming up. These t-shirts will make a great gift as well as pick up four or five leashes for the surfer in your family. Staycovered.com. Look, I'm in my mid-50s. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm trying to get my WCT on. And that means working out outside of just surfing. I've got to work out. I've chosen ARC Method Courses. I'm in week three right now. ARC Method Courses for a workout regime that's focused on surfing. It's focused on my back, my core, my hips. It's focused on me surfing better. This is Taylor Knox's course, arcmethodcourses.com. Use coupon code ARC25. ARC25 at checkout for 25% off arcmethodcourses.com. I'm doing this workout. It's working wonders for me. I think you should give it a try. arcmethodcourses.com. This guy spent over two decades on the elite WCT professional surfing tour. You simply don't survive that long without consistency, without a level head, and without a fitness regime. These three things Taylor Knox has in spades. And if you haven't been lucky enough to see him surf in person, let me tell you, Taylor is a powerful, controlled, stylish surfer from the Tom Curran vein. Some surfers throw buckets of water. Taylor Knox throws barrels of water, and he's keeping it going, thanks in large part to his fitness regime, which I've mentioned already, ARC Method Courses. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Taylor Knox, let us begin. Okay, Taylor Knox, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. Oh, thanks, Scott. You've got the tea going, which is... Yeah, you've, you gave me some good tea. Now I'll, I'll be defen- defense of everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Reserve Milk Oolong, which is a special podcast tea that all of our guests get. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, you're... Will it make me do aerials? No, it's oh, just... Okay. It should... It's pretty mild. It should keep the conversation going. <laughs> Um, what was the last musical event you attended? Live music. Wow. Last musical. I was just talking about this the other day with someone and how much I miss live music. Um, I'm not sure if it was the band of gringos or maybe Kelly's surf ranch. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but one of those, I can't remember. I, I do like to see a lot of music and it kind of blends in because, you know, 
whether it's Xavier Rudd or Ben Howard or Pearl Jam or whoever's in town, I like to, you know, check yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kind of move around a lot. Yeah. And it's been so long since I've been to a live event, you know, like any of us, mm-hmm. that I, I just forget almost what it feels like. <laughs> Did you have tickets? Did you cancel? Did you have to? Or No, I didn't have. No, I, I mean, the, there was, of course, there was going to be the Ohana Fest up in Dana Point. Yeah. And I was looking forward to that. Yeah. That lineup looked good. and. Yeah. But here we are. We're yeah. all we're all here. Exactly. <laughs> we are. We're here. We're healthy. Um, twenty three years is what I have, Taylor. Twenty three years on the Elite WCT Professional Surfing Tour. I, th- I think it was twenty. Okay. Yeah. 20? Yeah. I think I was the longest um, until the bald freak came along, and he's got me. <laughs> he, he, he beat. I think he's beaten everyone in every category. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. I thought I saw like a result in '89 or something like that. Maybe that. I don't know. No, no. I was still amateur. I was a, a senior in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you won the NSSA nationals, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I it, that was in '89. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I won the men's, and I was just leaving high school at the time, so it was kind of nice to win one because probably the last time I was going to surf, you know, NSSA right. opens. <laughs> and, and what was that like for you, like making a leap from? And it's to say nationals were more or less you're sort of mopping up, except for there's maybe another five guys that are at your level, but everyone else is sort of like, you know. And then you made this leap, right? Like, it was like, um, it was a good, at first I thought it was a bad thing because back then if you waited to surf the world amateur titles, which was like all the countries in the world, um, you would, if you did well in that, usually got a little bit better contract. And um, the year I graduated, they had just held it, right, in 88. Yeah, so I had to wait a whole year of just kind of being in limbo and just getting myself ready, um, which put a lot of pressure on myself because I had a contract offer. I mean, we're talking like such low money. It's like, it was like $500 a month or something. Yeah. But if I was to wait a whole year, it was a whole year of like not getting paid. Right. But if I did well in the next one, it could double that. So, yeah, um, yeah I waited that whole year and – it was nerve wracking kind of because I was like, God, maybe I should have just took that contract, you know, and just started the whole journey a little early. But, you know, Kelly was waiting for it and Rob and, you know, it was like all the people that I grew up with were waiting to go and do that contest. So uh-huh. it was, it was cool. I was like, so that helps, right? There were some guys you were kind of like, yeah, yeah. If I didn't do well, then I guess I'd be, you know, just getting that contract I was offered a year earlier, right? you know? So, but luckily I did all right. And and yeah. where was that? 1990 World ISA World. Where 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 did they held that? That was Japan. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, the waves weren't great, but they they did one round in Najima, I think. You went. We went out to Najima Island, and then we did some more at Chiba, I think, or Miyazaki. Yeah, moves around. It was it was cool. It was a yeah. it was an experience I will never forget. And it wasn't so much for the result, but for just the shenanigans and the traveling with all my friends that i'm still friends with now we look back at that time and we just laugh you know so you're 19 years old basically let's say you're 20 18 right in there right and you're mm-hmm. traveling to japan it's obviously not your first international trip because you're you know a world-class surfer but i guess my question is did you have chaperones or was it like yeah rob i'll pick you up or, you know, no no we had chaperones well so yeah we had, we just had um very patient tolerant people that we were lucky enough to help us out <laughs> because were I'm they sure parents or? they were parents. Most yeah. of them were parents. There were a couple of coaches. Uh, I, I know Rob's, Rob's dad 
you know, he was always taking us around Jim. He yeah. was taking us around and to surf trips and contests. And there was a local guy, uh, Tom Bougno that was involved yeah. Yeah. with, you know, contests since I was a kid yeah. and chaperoning us. Poor guy. I feel bad for him. I think he's still doing it. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> that guy deserves a battle. He does. He, he certainly does. Cause I'm sure at, at times we stressed him out completely, but, um, yeah, it was it was cool though. Like you know, I went there with like Pat O'Connell and Rob and Kelly and uh, one of my best friends, Evan Slater, and like you know, there was Jeff Deffenbaugh, and there was all these guys that like that we grew up. Like, so it made with. it a little bit more comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just like this group of guy. This group of guys have been together for years. You know, Hans Hagen, those kind of. We all just came up together, and we were all trying to live our dream together, and yeah. Um, Pretty much everyone ended up in the surf world at some somewhere along. You know, yeah. It was uh, it was like cool that because then we were all kind of seeing each other still to this day. Yeah. Do you have any dear? Have you did you make any super dear friends? And I don't mean like Evan, who's already your friend because you're close in California. But I mean, did you make any dear friends internationally that like to this day? You know, like if your daughter was to get married or something, you'd be like. Oh, you know, come on over. You know, like, do you have international for sure close dear friends? Yeah, I mean, I have super good friends still to this day that I t- keep in contact with. My friend Desio, who I went and did an exchange program with, it was like my first international trip to Foreignopolis, Brazil, and uh, he, I got put up with his family, and then he ended up coming back and staying with us in Carlsbad for like three months, and ended up living here for a couple years. And then my friend Hanete Paez, who is from Tahiti. He came just up to us at one of these contests um, that we did in Tahiti back in 1990, and just offered, you know, my last night. Just said, "Hey, why don't you come have dinner with her, with my family?" Which Tahitians are just so heartfelt, warm, and yeah. you know, welcoming. Yeah. And then we be we just remain friends, my and still to this day. And then in South Africa we got the McKay family so there's yeah there's just all these families that you know the Graham family um, Russell and Barbara Graham and um, Bells Beach you know yeah. they're like surfing royalty there and right. was were, and it's just amazing to be able to stay there I actually got hooked up with them through Simon Anderson so mm-hmm. I came to Bells without a place to stay and Simon said I think I could, I got a barn for you to sleep in and <laughs> he was right and I did and it was awesome and mm-hmm. I ended up staying with him for another decade Cool. Yeah. Very good. And, and I asked that question because I, I imagine, I obviously don't know, but as you look back on your career, um, you've got all these great things that happened to you along the way, you know, um, experiences. But so perhaps some of the greatest things aren't necessarily, um, you know, what's on your mantelpiece, but these relationships that you've created. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another funny story about what we were just talking about is I we went to Australia with the national team. Um, and got hooked up again with different families. And I got hooked up with this guy named Colin Bernasconi from Avalon. And my friend Evan, I think Evan got hooked up with um, Luke Short, the shaper. Yep. And then, you know, every time I went back to Australia, I'd always be hanging out with those guys. And I got plenty of boards from Luke over the years from going there. And again, there's one year where I came to Narrabeen. I, 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 looking back, I wasn't that prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would just show up at places thinking I could just get a hotel room, but you know, then you get there and everything's booked. And he's like, "Yeah, I, 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 uh, I got your room. You're gonna stay with Simon Anderson." And I was like, "What?" And, you know, like I didn't, didn't know Simon at all. And 
I, you know, I went to his house without anyone being there. They just said, go in, you know, and I was just sitting in his house <laughs> until he got home. It was just really funny. I was yeah. nervous, really yeah. nervous. But yeah. so I ended up, you know, becoming pretty good friends with Simon at that point. And like we stayed together at Bell's, for, like I said, for like a long time with the Graham family. So I was, yeah. yeah, so those relationships are, they make being away a lot better, you know, because when you're away, your mind can play tricks on you, like, especially when you're away from your kids or your wife and to have people that are family like that for you there, it's, it's calming and it's, it's nice to not always be thinking about the contests and stuff. Yeah. And, and all of you guys have stories like that. And I don't, I don't think those stories are excavated enough. I I mean, I think that that's kind of a neat um, part of what you guys as pro surfers go through and, and that these relationships that you build aren't really necessarily like I say, they're not explored or excavated for the public's consumption, and they're pretty powerful. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really special to the to us. I mean, um, there's I know that Kelly and Rob and everyone else keeps in touch with all their friends all over the world. You yeah. know, so the only thing that kind of sucks is like you get so used to seeing them at least once a year, and that you, you get off tour and you're like, oh man, I'm not, you know, I'm going to Australia right now. Like yeah. I should be hanging out with Luke and Colin and. And Matt Griggs and, you know, all my friends over there, like, yeah. that part's an, an acclimation, I think, for an athlete to kind of go through, like. I agree, and I, I'm often, uh, I wonder how difficult it is, especially for somebody like you who spent so much time on tour. Um, you know, 2012 comes along for you, and you're like, this is my last year, you know, like, I'm retiring. And 2013 comes along, and for I would imagine for a lot of us, it, there's a lot of anxiety about what's the next chapter in my life. Was did you sense some of that? Was that going on with you? No, not really. I kind of wanted to get off tour probably a couple of years earlier than I did, but I stayed on tour. Probably main reason was just because Mick made the tour fun again for me. You know, getting to travel with him and. And we we had a lot of fun together on tour last. Why did years. why did why was that? Why did McFanning make the tour fun for you? Well, I mean, you do. I had a lot of friends on tour, but you, you don't connect with everyone on you know yeah. a lot of levels. And then you know, I there's certain there's a certain surfing that inspires me, mm-hmm. and there's others that are really good but don't inspire me. So yeah. his surfing inspired me and, and made me want to get better. And he was kind of in some of the same things I was, like mm-hmm. training and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, and I really. You know, I was stoked to see him get all his, you know, achievements and like all the success he had. And yeah, yeah, we, we bonded pretty close. And, um, you know, then it was finally like, that's really when I got off tour that I didn't miss immediately miss it. You know, it was yeah. like I'd been there, I'd done that so long for so many times. And, but then when I would see them out at Chopu and it was glassy and six to eight foot and perfect, I'd be like, oh man, <laughs> I wish I was there and I wish I was at J Bay and I wish I was. You know, at snapper and um, and lowers, and but was there was there like fiscal pressure for you? Like, okay, I don't. What's my next job? Where where do I go with my career? Well, yeah, I, there is because you don't know. I mean, I obviously talked to Rip Curl before, and what you know, what I was looking to do was more of the search stuff and trips like that. And they were they were supportive. Um, they were they were like cool. You know, I think you you've done your time, and yeah. you know, it'd, yeah. it'd be cool to, for you to move on to something new. And and I get. I get a lot of joy just making little edit surf edits or making movies and stuff. So for me, that's like a, a, a passion. It's just making little edits and trying to make stories that touch people a little bit. You know, yeah. even if I don't have the biggest budget, or <laughs> I'm just trying to, uh, to to bring a cool story and with what I, you know what I'm working with. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, 23 years, so I was looking through the list, and you and I are about the same age, so I know who some of these people are. But, you know, guys that you served against, um, we're talking Kong, Gary Elton. <laughs> Did you serve against Rabbit? No, no. MR? No. Any of those busting down the door guys? No, no. They were way before. I was like after. I would what be about lo- Barton? You surf against Barton, Barton was on tour. Yeah, yeah, when I first got on, it was Barton was on tour still. Damian Hardman, Kong, Potts. Uh, I think, yeah, Kern got a couple wild cards in some events. But yeah. I, I never surfed against them, you know, on tour. Right. But Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I only surfed against them at this Four Seasons contest that they you had. You kicked his year. ass. I did not. <laughs> I did not kick his ass, but I, was, I, was, I beat him, and that was like – a big deal for me, um, I guess. Even though we're older, we're older and nobody cares. But like, he was my hero growing up. Still yeah. one of my heroes yeah. of all time. I I based a lot of my surfing around him. You yeah. know, you're not so, alone, right? A lot of us Californians, <laughs> yeah. right? I think every a lot of people around the world. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was. I. It's funny that I was on tour with Potts and Elko and you know Gabe Medina, Gabe Medina and Chloe. Yeah. It's so it's a it's a long span, and the guys in between there, right? Like like <laughs> like trippy, you know, not trippy, but just interesting, like Mick Campbell or Mick Lowe, yep. or, or or like Shane Danny, Herring, or just like randos, Danny that, Wills, Danny Wills, right? Yeah, guys that you know, Jake Patterson, Luke Hitchings, like how about Rain and Roca? You know, yeah, like, Rain and Roca. So who of these guys? Like as we bring up some of these names, <laughs> who of these guys? I'm not putting you on the spot to name names, but. Were there guys that you definitely despised when you saw that you had them in the draw? Where you're like, "Oh shit, this guy's a nightmare" for whatever reason. Uh, I I think there was a couple probably, but it was usually because I knew there was going to be hassling involved. You right. know, like that's part of their game, and right. that that always bugged me. You know, right. I wish there was a way to like somehow eliminate that and even yeah. the priority breed did it but there was always the hassling in the beginning of the heat and it always pissed me off when we would push each other too deep and miss good waves yeah. you know it's just like this is stupid i'd rather just flip a coin with you before the heat yeah you know i think that was a cool thing that i saw on tour was because barton lynch and matt hoy were good friends and whenever they had a heat together they would flip a coin before the heat so there was no hassling like all right, well, man. You got the first priority, even though the judge doesn't. You know, yeah. It was, and they would they would live by that. Yeah. You know, they would honor it, and That's nobody cool. would go out a lot. Yeah. And did you ever like like maybe I don't know who was your super good buddy on tour? Might have been Rob or somebody. Did you guys ever consider this? No, I wish we would have. Yeah. I wish they would now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wish they would. There's a couple things on the they could do to kind of like flip I don't know, a coin to see who goes on the first set. Yeah. Or rock, paper, scissors, or I don't know, right. something, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. let's just get down to surfing. Nobody right. wants to watch, you know, an empty wave go perf- through because two guys are hassling each other up to point. Through your 20 years on tour, did you notice um, a change in the, the way that competitors dealt with each other? Because, you know, Barton would tell you, and you know this, that these guys really hassled each other a lot. And then, you know, as we go through 20 years, and now we're like, say, 2008, was there a noticeable, hey, man, things have gotten mellower as far as the hassle factor? Well, I know it was when I first got on tour, it was it was talked about a lot. You yeah. know, we had meetings and we, we were actually doing some, this surfing was doing some really good things, 
Well, the surfers were doing really good things for surfing. Like Barton Lynch was one of those advocates in the meetings talking up about how we, we need to make these changes. And for whatever reason, there was a little bit of resistance always like, which I did never understood. We're making the sport better here. You yeah. know, nobody wants to watch this shit. Right. <laughs> and, and so like, and then Jake Patterson came along after Barton and kind of, you know, he was involved a lot with the meetings and Kieran Perot. And so, and you know, I usually, you know, pretty much went there every meeting. I think it was mandatory that we were there. And, right. you know, we would all be stuffed in the basement of some hotel, you know, in this right. little room. And we'd be arguing back and forth with each other. And the main, always the main gripe was, you know, how do we eliminate this hassling? Yeah. And how do we get this out of surfing? Yeah. And um, you know, also, you know, more waiting period for better waves. So, you know, what's interesting is you mentioned three Australians. I interviewed Barton a couple of weeks ago. It was a fascinating interview. And we talked about some of this stuff and, and you mentioned Barton and you mentioned Jake Patterson and you mentioned Kieran Perro and, and you meant, so we've got three Australians here. I've received an email recently, which I found fascinating, which is, Hey, hypothetically, and God forbid, no, I, I love the WSL. No one wants the WSL to go away, but hypothetically, let's say 10 years, five years, whatever it is, for whatever reason, WSL is not around anymore. And, and pro surfing needs to get, the skeletons need to be picked up and somebody needs to reconstruct this thing. And this email suggested, you know what, the Australian, the Australians should run pro surfing. The Australians, first of all, as you know, it, the sport there is deeply ingrained in their culture. If you're a pro surfer in Australia, you're famous. Yeah. Whereas here, no one's like, well, you know who? Yeah. Um, and, it could be argued, too, that they helped develop pro surfing. Certainly, Ian and PT did some stuff with the APSA prior to the busting down the door era, sort of like circa 75, where they created a point system. And so I guess my question to you is, what do you think about this, this idea that Australians sort of manage and administer pro surfing? Do you think that their culture is best suited for this? Well... They definitely have a little bit of a different history than we do. Um, I think in California history of surfing, you look back to like Mickey Dora and you look back to Phil Edwards and, th- and that generation. And then, and those guys were pretty anti-contest. We were pretty anti-contest for a lot longer than Australians. Back then when they was still like everyone here hated contests, it was well-received in Australia and they were having contests and it was going well with like, Nat Young and Wayne Lynch and, you know, it was thriving over there and taking off. So I think in that respect, we were a little bit behind the curve and we still have some friction, you know, here, <laughs> like oil and water. But And then in the 80s, it seemed to really gain so much steam here, right? In yeah. 80s and 90s, I mean, surfing yeah. just took off. Yeah. But there's just always this, like, they always based a lot more, to me, a little bit more importance in what you were rated. And and the Californians, they didn't all think that way, you know. Mm-hmm. It was, like, more about style. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, how you know, how your style is on, yeah. the, on, the, on the sand and in the water, you know. Mm. So we're just lagging a little bit. And I think what happened was everyone in surfing thought, like, we need to change this up. We need to shift things over to America where there's a big market and there's more dollars to be had, which is true. Yeah. Um, and now I think with what's going on in the world didn't help. And obviously with COVID shutting everybody down and people pulling back and business, some business doing not as well as they used to. And there's all these, you know, reasons and excuses, right? right. So they're going to have to find a way to bring everything back, streamline a little bit, um, 
but I really feel like I, it needs a balance. Yeah. You know, I, I thought maybe be having a little office in Kulangata where there isn't any really main industry mm-hmm. was probably not the right spot to have your corporate offices. Yeah. And we, a lot of people at the time were pissed about it should be in somewhere like a big city. Yeah. So now we're kind of doing that, you know, but yeah. we're, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know what's, I, I don't, I know that surfing's in good hands with who's there. Like Pat yeah. O'Connell, there couldn't be a better guy. Agreed. You know, so, and I know he's, cause I talked to him and he, <laughs> poor guy, like, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't wish that job on anyone right now. And yeah. he, he, he's doing, he's up night and day doing it. I bet he is. Yeah. yeah. But he's going to make it happen, and I think they'll find a balance. It, it'd be nice to have two different offices or three, and where you have an Australian voice, an American voice, a European voice, Brazilian voice, and it like it'd be good to see everyone come together and really figure out a way to where we spread the wealth out, and even if it means a little less for the main guys, but like equal. There needs to be a contest in Africa, and there needs to be a contest at Trestles. You know, we're missing that badly. Yeah. So some things need to happen, and and I think that's already in the works. Yeah. And um, I know everything is online, and everyone would rather just watch it from home. But, you know, what was cool about some of these contests is that there were a lot of people on the beach. Yeah. And you could, they could be right next to Andy Irons as he's running out or tap him on the back and wish him like there's – there's value in that too. Yeah. So I think it – the balance, the scale just got tipped a little bit in, in one direction, a yeah. little bit too much. What about at Lemoore, having an event at Lemoore? What are your thoughts on that? At first, the first year I was super excited, yeah. you know, because I got to surf the wave and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, doing it personally is so incredible. Yeah. But honestly, now after like two or three years now, I'm bored of watching it there. Yeah. I just, it needs, the wave needs to change. Yes. Or be, they, they just, it seems like guys are doing the same turn on the same section, so they have to. Yeah, exactly. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, Wave kind of dictates. It dictates yeah. what you're going to do. So. Do you think Wave is like that too? Do you think Waco dictates? Like, we know, look, okay, here comes that section, boom, they're going to, you know, is there some boredom, some lethargy that we're feeling emotionally with these waves? I, I do. Yeah. I had a friend recently, you know, go out to a wave pool, and he said, I came back from the wave pool stoked. It was super fun. And then I went up and surfed up north at a beach break and had just almost more fun. Yeah. So it'd be they're just the technologies will catch up, I'm sure, to where they can go one wave, one mode, and then the next wave maybe the next mode. Yeah. Or I was thinking like if they had different modes, it'd be cool if your competitor actually chose for you what you were gonna ride and you didn't know. Oh wow, that's interesting. That's a really cool thought. You know, that way you're not so okay, I know exactly what this wave is gonna do. I right. know exactly what I'm gonna do. Right. It's it's always better when so the great thing about surfing is it's spontaneous. You know, what's so funny about the spontaneity thing is that for a long time, we're, I guess the first year with Lamar or whatever, any wave pool, we're like, okay, we've got, everyone's got the same thing. So we're going to, we have an equal canvas here. And then we got bored with it and we started thinking, well, maybe we need to put compulsory moves like gymnastics. Like you've got to do a freaking triple Lindy or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, people, they want to, and I was a person that said the same thing. It'd be nice if... I would get jealous of snowboarding and skateboarding. It's like the ramp's just there, and you can just hit it as much as you want. It's not going to go away. Like, yeah. But that is what people love about surfing, the unpredictability. Yeah. They hate it when their favorite surfer doesn't get a wave in the last five minutes because yeah. it lulls out, you know, and that does suck. But at the same time, you kind of like that suspense, I guess. Yeah. And we didn't know. There's going to be a balance. I think there's, 
I mean, wave pools are incredible. Like they're doing some insane stuff. Yeah. And you got to figure like we're we're barely into this thing. How many have you surfed? I've only surfed two. Yeah, two. Which ones? I've surfed um, Kelly's and BSR. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to going out and surfing um, Kalani and Shane's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Palm Springs Surf Club, too. And and I think there's a couple more going in, too. So, and yeah. it, it's... There's one in your backyard going in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's going to there's gonna be one in Oceanside, and I heard that, you know, is all a go. So, that's yeah. exciting. Like... Like what's that going to bring? You know, yeah. What are that? It'll be a real good test because look at all the wave pools. None of them are near an ocean. Yeah. This one will be. I know. So and I, you and I are frothing for yeah. it to open. So because right now today we'd be like, you know what? Let's go to ocean right. side. Yeah. And I don't mean the harbor. Yeah. You would just be like, okay, I see that n- next week's going to be flat. I'm going to schedule myself to at least two hours. Yeah. You know, and I mean that's going to be pretty awesome. I'm perhaps a highlight of your career was the 2006 event, the search event at, in Barra. I think it was 2006. Yeah. Rip curl was. search. We're going, when I say we, I mean the tour is going to this perfect point in Mexico, which is more or less sort of unknown. Was it unknown to you? Did you, did you have, what kind of insight did you have before going down? Nothing really. Yeah. I mean, I knew I'd heard of the wave and um, Taylor Steele had actually, I know Kelly had been there because my friend Josh Landon went down there to film him for one of Kelly's movies. I mean, I'm sorry, one of Taylor's movies, Taylor Steele's movies. I think it might have been, I, don't, I can't remember if it was campaign or what it was. Yeah. But I remember seeing the footage being like, oh, wow, that looks like a super fun wave, you know, yeah. really rippable. And, but nothing to where it was like, oh, it's the best wave I've ever seen. So that footage didn't really give us any indication of what the wave was going to be or well, I should say what we got. Right. <laughs> so so when you were, like, say, driving there or landing or flying in or whatever, did you know that this massive swell was in the water? Was there, like, an anticipation? Or were you guys just like, cool, it's going to be three to five feet? Yeah, we, we had no idea. I don't think anyone did. Like, we, we were on the plane, and it was like, oh, yeah, I heard there's, you know, swell coming. But none of us had been there. I, th- I don't think one, besides Kelly and Taj, yeah, Taj and Andy got there early to film um, – that Billabong movie. Shit, what's the name of that? Trilogy. Hmm. So they had been down there for a few days right. and surfed some of the other points in Selena Cruz mm-hmm. and scored. Yeah. So they were already on a high, right? right? We show up and we're just kind of like, whoa, this guy scored. So we're probably not going to score that hard because, right. you know, you usually don't get back-to-back swells that good. In fact, when I was talking to Sean Collins before he died, he said, I'd never seen a storm do what it did in Mexico. And I, he goes, I've been watching these charts for 25 years. Yeah. He goes, you guys just got so lucky. Yeah. Like it's 15 crazy. things lined up perfectly. Yeah. And the storm actually stalled and it, it normally comes in and then it shoots back out to sea or dissipates. And he goes, it just stayed right there and hovered. And it was like, to this day, they said that bar has never been close to that good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it has. And I've been down there a lot yeah. since then. I've been down there. I don't know, at least a dozen times. Yeah. Yeah, and that's no, on your list. Nothing close yeah. to what we got. The only thing similar is the rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the always there. there. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place to go get in shape. It really is. Yeah. Um, but that event, uh, um, was that was that 
Well, let me take you to let me take you to 1998, right? Toto Santos Island. You're 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 out there for this reef, sort of like a competitive international team event. Well, that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. It was part. It was an ISA event. Yeah, yeah. Like an, I don't want to say world championships, but it was some ISA thing that Fernando put together. I think there was. Yeah, it was an ISA, and maybe they were trying to start an ISA big wave circuit, maybe or something right. like that. Right. Um, Gary was heavily involved, as you know, anything that you do down there. Right. Like Lyndon's been a big part of the surfing in Mexico and charging himself like a madman he is. And uh, yeah, it was just a team event. It was yeah. two guys from each right. country. Right. And, and who, I did, who who are you surfing with? Parsons, Peter Mel, <laughs> Pete Mel. Yeah. yeah, I I was shocked. They. I don't know why I got invited. Maybe because I won the ISA Games in '96 or. Because it really should have been, in my opinion, Mike Parsons should have been the first pick. Yeah. Because he's yeah he's been the man out Tarek, there. Yeah. He's older than me, and and then of course Pete Mel was doing mad stuff up at Maverick. So I figured I was definitely third in line. Somehow they picked me in front of of Snips, which I don't think was. Was there right. animosity about that? No. In fact, we talked, you know, and I told him, "I'm all, dude, this should be you, not me." You yeah. know, like, and I even told the. The organizers like, why? Why me? Like, you yeah. should be Mike. Yeah. But they, I mean, maybe it was because I was on tour or something. I don't know. But, yeah. And I had been surfing out there on every, pretty much every swell for a decade up yeah. to that point. So it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like I just walked in there. No, no. <laughs> I think this this turns out to be quite obvious. Yeah. Because as many people know that are listening, or, or perhaps they don't, but this was the first ever. Double XL at the time called the K2 Big Wave Challenge that Bill Sharp had sort of formulated. And this was it. Like, this was the number one. You won the very first Double XL. <laughs> um, you know, again, and or K2 Challenge, right? And, right. And this wave that you caught, I just was watching footage of it this morning. And, um, and, and as you know, you kicked out of this wave. And Mike Parsons says that you paddled up to him or however you guys got together. And he goes, dude, that wave just changed your life. Your life's changed forever. Your life is changed forever. And I'm sure you had a million things going on in your head at that point. <laughs> yeah, I was not thinking that. Yeah. And so I guess my question is, was he right? Yeah, he, he was right. Um, it definitely changed my life in a way that I wasn't ready for and wasn't expecting. I mean, when you're on the wave, you're not looking back at... Right. You know, you know, you, know yeah. you just... You're riding forward. You're looking forward. You're just trying to hang on. You kick out, and it was like, "Wow, that was amazing!" You know, yeah. like. But I didn't know what was going on behind right. me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really, really focused. And uh, they, he told me that, and we we went back into the harbor that day, and you know, he was like, "You don't understand." And I'm like, "Dude, it's just another big wave. Okay, yeah. there's no way that this wave is going to beat any wave in Hawaii or Mavericks. Like, just." Yeah. chill like it's not a big deal like yeah. i went out and i caught a big wave and yeah. big waves are being caught all the time i mean that day there were so many big waves caught you yeah. know i mean i saw terrence mcnulty get dragged underwater for like 400 yards i couldn't you know i was tripping out i was like is yeah. he alive someone needs to go and get him you know yeah. <laughs> it was scary it was sure. really scary yeah well that wave what's interesting right so as i mentioned i was sort of dissecting it a little bit this morning and it almost seemed like um, there was a perfect alignment of, of like water over the rocks and and like that wave lurched in a way that no other wave lurched. Like there's one moment where I froze the frame. You're maybe a third of the way down, maybe not even maybe a quarter of the way down. And it's 
it just went like 20 more feet, like crazy, you know? And it feels like there was backwash or something that went, you know? Um, yeah. It, something happened. <laughs> yeah, something really great happened. I mean, it, it's fascinating. I was also reading something by Bruce Jenkins. I don't know if you read it. Um, and he basically was one of the judges. And he said, look, I went down to San Clemente. It was Evan Slater and me and um, Bill Sharp. And I don't know if Gary Linden was involved. There were some other guys in this judging thing, right? Probably Brewer, maybe some of the photographers. I don't know. And, um, and it was, the vote was going to be 9-0 Taylor. And Bruce Jenkins, because of all of the incredible stuff he had seen Peter Mel and Flea do at Mavericks, um, you know, and this is, I think your event was in November or something like that. February. Okay. February. Well, anyway, he had seen a whole winter's worth of, of incredible stuff at Mavericks, but for whatever reason, there weren't great photos. There might've been water shots that maybe flattened out the way, but there wasn't like that great land, land angle. So he's like, you know what? I'm throwing my vote in for Peter Mel just because of what I've seen these guys do all year, even though there's not photographic evidence. He was like, and and I thought that to, I found that to be kind of interesting, and and I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Like the day you found out you won it, like what was going through you emotionally? I just like I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was getting thrown into an arena that, for me, was like it's kind of a place that I would go to and get away from the tour arena. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I'd be out at Totus with Snips or Brock or Chester came over a few times and. Mark Fu came over, and like I said, Terrence McNulty was a big-time charger out there. and So I always felt like I was a little bit lower on the totem pole, and I was a little bit under the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just go out and just have fun riding big waves. Yeah. And those guys got all the press. Right. And then all of a sudden, I was thrown into that arena, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm a tour surfer. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm not. I'm not going to do. You know, both. Of the, I'm not chasing both these. You right. know, goals. Was there, of mine. was there a question about that? Was there ever even a question? Like, hey, I can change career paths here and go this way. No, no, yeah. no. I mean, I always wanted to be on tour, and I always wanted yeah. to follow like my heroes, which were like Kern, Carol, Aki. Like, I grew up with watching them and posters on my wall, and in the big way. I just remember like when Tom and. Tom Kern and Tom Carroll and those guys in Pots were all on tour that they would have to go and surf Waimea. They had to be – every article you read was you have to be good in two-foot surf and 20-foot surf. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I got to be – that's my range. Right. <laughs> 52. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't – and it was never like, oh, I'm going to extend that to 50. You know, right. like it was just like – It's quite an extension. I want to be really good in Hawaii and I want to be – you know, just Totos was a sacred place to go and have fun and, and yeah. get away from the crowds and – and be with my buddies, and it was really soulful. What do you think about the concept of a world champion having to prove his prove himself, as you sort of mentioned here, um, in a big wave arena, and specifically Sunset Beach? I've always been a guy that's like, Sunset Beach has to be on the CT. I feel like you have to be Kong at West Peak Sunset and go through that experience. And if you don't, then you're not necessarily a world champion. And maybe it's Jaws or wherever it is, but it needs to be... I feel like, especially with Lamore on the tour, that we need to even that out with a real big wave arena for the world champion. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, like, there's still some spots around the world that, um, I don't know if it's in Peru or Chile or, you know, there's some big wave spots. And you can put these guys in some, you know, good tw- 12 to 15-foot surf and see, you know, like, we don't get to see them ride 
seven O's very often, yeah. and, you know, bigger stuff. Like right. that really separates the men from the boys. It does. I mean, yeah. that's an old saying, but um, it's kind of like Jay Bay will expose your style. Yep. You exactly. know, there's certain ways that just expose things yeah. and you need to have that on tour because that's what makes you great from two to 20 Right, is all that. And back, back when I was growing up, you had to do and be good at all of it. Yeah. You couldn't just be specialized, you know, but I think the surfers are so talented on tour now yeah. that they could eat that most of them easily could do it. I agree. I was just going through my list here and, it, and I was going to throw some names at you, but they're all yeses like Idolo, Gabe. Oh, um, Italo just caught. I know. He he cut, out, you know what I mean? I know. I know. He was guys, just out for the listeners. He was just at Nazare yesterday or whatever it was, surfing sixty footers. So. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's totally game, and and I think most of these guys are, are there guys on tour. And I, I'm not going to ask you to name names, but in your list of guys, are there guys on tour who you don't who you don't think can do it? Uh, or who don't want to do it? I guess is a, I know we can get them out there, but do they want to be there? You know, that's hard to say. Most these guys, will they would rather go out and die before relenting. Yeah. You know, so they're going to go. You know, yeah. I kind of, you have but to do have. do they want to go? Do they want to go? I think there a guy that always, doesn't want to go? Of course everyone's going to go. Yeah, I think there's always a couple that yeah. are very, you can see it in their eyes, yeah. you know, and then there's a couple where you're like, wow, I didn't know that guy had such a good ticker. Right. You know, like, well, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that's an, a new a new thing for me to look at for that guy that I didn't really care for that much before. But yeah. now that I've seen him some bigger surfing, he has a go. I'm like, right. fucking right on. Yeah, I think that needs to be there. I, w- I would hope that they, that Pat um, sees that. I'm sure he does. I, I mean, look. The guy's Believe me, if, if Pat could do what he wanted, there'd be a lot of changes done, like, tomorrow. You know? <laughs> I think they need to be done. I, I swear <laughs> I think he's I working think they on need it. to let the salt in the building run the ship is, is how I feel. <laughs> the guy covered in salt. Yeah. If you've been waiting for the surfers are the worst t-shirts, good news. They're available. We've got them in stock and you can go over to staycovered.com. My good friend, Mark Kappa, who runs Stay Covered Surf Accessories. You can get leashes, board bags, wax, candles, apparel, all sorts of cool stuff over at staycovered.com. And that's also where you can get the Surfers Are the Worst t-shirts. Surfers Are the Worst tees available. We've got Black Friday. We've got the holiday season coming up. These t-shirts will make a great gift as well as pick up four or five leashes for the surfer in your family. Staycovered.com. Well, let's talk about ARC, the um, age reverse conditioning method, which I'm involved in right now. Full disclosure, <laughs> Taylor and Zach, I've got a free, I was given a free membership. I want the listeners to know that. But so I'm in week two. Um, I'm involved. But why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what ARC is and, and who you're working with and how it goes down? Well, you know, I got approached by a friend, Zach Boone. He said, hey, man, you you want to interested in doing another fitness thing. And, and my trainer and I, Paul, we have been interested in a long time, but you know, you need someone to film it and edit it. And, and, and there's some skills that Zach have that I do not yeah. <laughs> as far as the marketing and the internet side and all that. So, and that's not Paul's specialty either. We're like kind of like the mad scientists just in the garage working on different stuff. Yeah. And, um, so it was like a perfect 
union almost. And then yeah. he brought his friend Zach Hill, who did the filming and editing, and and it was like, wow, this is kind of like a perfect team, you know, like mm-hmm. three guys that don't all know each other, and um, all have bring something to the table. And and Paul and I really, like I said, we needed that because the last couple we did, we we thought were really good and well done. Yeah. But the worst, the, I guess the the feedback we got that some of the negative feedback was it was too hard, mm. or and it was, and they or people wanted more, right? So it was like you know Zach was like, well, why don't we do like a you know ten week course and just give him a new workout every week? And I was like, wow, that's a great idea, you yeah. know? And so that's we, interesting because as I go through the program, like I, I went through it this morning, um, the beginnings of week two. And some of them were like, oh, shit, man. You know? And then other ones, I'm like, yeah. like this is like flotting a swat. Yeah. You know? And then there's the one where I'm on the ball, and I forget what it's called. I think it's like a pike raise. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one, or no, it's this way, right? Yes, and yes. That one's brutal. No one's gonna, <laughs> none, of, none of the listeners are going to understand what we're talking about. But anyway, I found a little bit of both. I found that some of them were hard and some of them were easy, and I'm glad, quite yeah. frankly, that there's that combination. Yeah, I mean, we could we can give you some crazy stuff. No, but no, then no. We'd, you know, like not. we're not here. We we if you have a sore back or a sore you know knee or shoulder or whatever, we're here to we want to help you strengthen that. Yeah, you know, not hurt it more and yeah. just put you in some like crazy thing on the ball that you could easily just slip off and break your ankle. Then right. you're gonna be super bummed us. You know, yeah. like we're here to heal, not to no, hurt. We're very good. Yeah. So um, and I approached it. By the way, as you may know, I went into week one barely getting out of bed, like just tweaked from just too much doing everything and not conditioning myself, right. golfing, surfing, eating yard work and, <laughs> but not doing any of the stuff to, to be. So anyway, I was beat, I was beat up right? and, and I'm feeling good now. Yeah. That's a lot of times it's, it's the muscles get overworked and they just shut down and then you have a muscle that is working, but overworking and it seizes up on you. And you're like, oh God, you know, it's my back. My my back's messed up, and and really, your muscles in the front of your body just are turned off. You know, you got to yeah. get them turned on, so it releases the pressure in the back, and they the back muscles can relax and not work so hard. So there's all these things that I'm learning as we go too, and and for me, it's just been a passion of just learning new things all the time and trying new stuff. And and we're not like we don't believe in like one specific way of training is the end all so we're looking at everyone's stuff and what everyone's doing and we're kind of picking the eyes out of it and and for for paul and i you know we're both we've both been surfing for over 30 years so we know surfing yeah you know and it and it's not i would as you know you can go through this workout and it's not not just made for surfers everyone's going to get something out of it right you know even if you're not a surfer yeah no for sure not what i've really appreciated is Look, I'm 55. You're in your 50s, I think. Are you 50? Or? I'm 49. Okay, so I'm at that age, or we're at that age, where I really appreciate. I really feel like my hips are tight. Like I don't, right. I don't feel like they're. I'm. Not, I can't get in that spot that I used to get in. You know, like now I'm. I, you know, and so I'm really appreciating sort of opening up my my hips and getting all of that stuff. And I don't know the exact vernacular for it, but. It's huge. I mean, that's what I'm working on. Dude, I'm working on the same stuff you are. You know, like the hips, you see it when guys, you know, hips get stiff. You can see it in their surfing. It, yeah. it shows up, you know, yeah. like a 
you've been surfing with some friends since you're, I'm sure, a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. and we all get older. No one's getting younger, and you see it in everyone's, everyone's surfing. They get a little stiffer, a little colder, a little you know, less less movement in the back and hips, and it shows up in your style. And then, like you said, you can't get in those positions or it bums you out. Yeah. So I, I'm in the same boat as you. I've been, I've been learning a lot from – well, Paul and I have been learning a lot from um, a guy named Mike Rentala here mm-hmm. in Sereno Valley, and mm-hmm. he's a master at DNS. And, um, What's DNS? D, it's Dynamic Neuromuscular Stabilization. Oh, and it's a, it's a training that was developed in Prague. Oh, Interesting. And um, so we're like, so some of this stuff spills out into your arc map. Absolutely, heavily yeah. influenced. Oh, cool. And then you know, who knows? Maybe we'll incorporate some of the foundation training. You know, you know, there's a training style called foundation, oh, okay. and they do some you know great stuff too. So, right. and then yoga is great. There's some great yoga out there. So we're trying to incorporate a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, just yeah. kind of there's a golden thread of truth through through it all. Right. Well, what's what's what I've found, like, so first of all, I'm, I don't know if I'm the classic guy, but I'm sort of that guy that's like, look, I'm only going to pray when, like, people are shooting at me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, actually, I pray every day. But my point is that that's sort of the, you know, the, the cliche, right? And right. so that's how I am with, with exercising. I'm like, you know what? Surfing's fine. Like, Michael Ho style. I'm just going to surf. That's my exercise. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... I, I, I get to that place now where it's like, okay, I'm hurt. I can't even get out of bed. And I raise my hand. And I say, please help me. You know, yeah. and that's sort of where I am. And I, and, and it just so happened that Zach sent me this stuff and I'm like, fuck, look at Taylor, man. <laughs> I mean, we've always seen you ripping and doing these incredible top turns and just, just shredding the, the, you know, killing it. And so it's inspiring, you know, to see somebody my age that's doing that. I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ever get to that level, but I want to be able to spread my hips and right, do these right. things again, you know? So I think it's really cool that, that you're a part of it because it's, if it, I don't know, Paul, I'm sure he's a great surfer, but I know Taylor Knox can absolutely kill it. <laughs> so there's, there's that going for the whole thing, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, like I said, it's been a really fun project, right? So far we haven't done really any advertising that we're just kind of organically setting it out there and just yeah. getting some great feedback and it's been fun. I mean, I don't think this is going to be the last one either. You know, I want to do more of these because it's something I'm interested in, and and man, who knows? We bring on some nutritional people with for food and stuff, you know. I know some nutritionalists, and it'd be fun to have them on, you know. Do you know Jimmy Robbins? I don't. Okay, he's a yeah. personal trainer over here. I thought because he's really big into diet too. He's yeah, always telling me no more sugar. You know, he's yeah, giving me all that. But. Yeah, I mean that's the true statement. It doesn't always. What can always like? do it? What are you? Are you doing anything super specific? Um, I've been using a lot of. Um, this seed from Ecuador called Chocho. It's like, mm. um, it comes from a flower mm. and it's like a, it, there's this company coming out, Makuna that I'm going to be involved with. And yeah. they, they are bringing out a bunch of different products from this Chocho seed that's grown up at like in the Andes at 10,000 feet. Mm. And it's just naturally rainwater. That's, it's going to be a, it's, it's a really cool thing. So I've been in the morning, I'll do like some of that in a co- like in with, coffee in coffee. Okay. Yep. With like maybe some coconut oil, a scoop of coconut oil, some collagen, and that protein powder from Ch- you know, Chocho, mm-hmm. and just blending it up. And right. is, that, is that a guaranteed everything morning? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Morning? I mean, it's yeah. just because I don't like to eat before I surf because yeah. my stomach feels full. Yeah, yeah. So I, that gets me going, and I can, I can, I'm okay till almost noon. 
What about this raw butter in your coffee? Have you heard of this? Yeah, I've done yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I've done bullet coffee with the butter, and I like it. Yeah. Um, sometimes for me, it was it would upset my stomach a little bit. So okay. I'm finding – I just kind of found – I know that there's formulas out there, but I kind of yeah. like found my own formula. Right. It works for me. Sure. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I totally but get I love it. butter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I'm into the, like I said, it's a 10 or 12-week program. That I'm in the intro program. There's three programs, by the way. There's intro, intermediate, and advanced. I'm going to get into the intermediate. Advanced, who knows? By You're going to get there. You're going to get there. so. That's yeah. what I need. I need to be needled. You know? You're going to get there. Don't worry. You know, just be patient. Well, look, if, if you're listening, right, you, the listeners can go to arcmethodcourse.com, arcmethodcourse.com. That's where I'm going through this program, and I'm already feeling great. Like, I, you know, I, I played golf two days in a row, and I wish I could surf today. There's just no surf, but my core is feeling strong. And I'm noticing some of the, some of the, some of the five pillars even. So, so – why don't you explain the five pillars? They're basically, they're basically just to get your body warmed up in a, in several different directions. You know, just get the body hinging over the big joints, you, you know, your hip joints, your shoulder joints, and just kind of warming up your body. I do them in the morning just before I surf. I have to do something. I don't do a full workout routine before right. I surf. I, you're Jones and you want to get out, you know, don't spend too <laughs> See, much time doing this. This is why this, you're right? good for yeah, this because yeah. I get you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I give myself a, a solid 10 to 15 minutes in the morning of a warm up. Yeah. And you know, I got 10 minutes of meditation. I do my Keeley meditation and then I go into 10 minutes of warm up or 15. I got my blended coffee and then I'm out, you know, like. What's my, this Keeley meditation that you mentioned? I, I know I butchered the name. What's it called? Keeley. K E L. Is that the breathing one that you go like? No, it's not about it's not about a breathing or a focus point. Um, okay. It's just more about closing your eyes and being still and trying to have no thought yeah. come through your mind. Yeah. You know, no. There's no mantra. There's no focusing on breathing. You okay. your body already knows how to do that. Cool. So it's um, it's just about being quiet and trying to quiet the mind. And the books are really, really good at explaining what, you know, it, talking about it. It's better if you just see the diagram, you know, but right. you can check it out. It's on it. The books are on Amazon and the founder, he grew up in Oceanside, actually. Mm. So I've been working with him for 20 years now and um, teaching it as well with uh, a friend of mine that brought it to Australia, Matt Griggs. We do twice a year. We'll do these surf trips and you know, uh -huh. like pretty kind of five star surf trips to the Maldives on a boat oh, where cool. we teach. Uh, Keely meditation, surf technique, nutrition, and Sweet. then we surf all day. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty. It's pretty nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. How important is the meditation? Like, like is it? I'm wondering where it is on the priority list. It's the top. Yeah. Okay. It's good. the top. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, because the body follows the mind. It's right. not the other way around. Right. So I know plenty of people that are super fit and kind of like not the greatest humans. Yeah. It, right. You know, yeah. if 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 doing curls and the you know with dumbbells made you smarter, I'd be doing them all day long. <laughs> or or, <laughs> or, or granted me some serenity. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just it, the word selfish. It's a shame that it's got such a negative connotation because I think everyone should be selfish, a little selfish for mm -hmm. sure, and do something for themselves right. and take some time to be alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. Because I mean, what could be more important than understanding your own thoughts? Right. 
And I would argue that that's not selfish. Though. I would argue that what that does is it helps you to be more um, like positively reactive to those around you after you go through. Like I have my little spot, you know, over in yeah, this corner here in right. the morning. I have something similar to that, and so I get it. You know, and 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 you're right. Selfishness does have well, selfishness. Selfish does have a negative connotation, but I think at least my experience has been, and I'm sure yours is too, is that it helps me to kind of look at the big picture and not look at me so much and what I'm getting out of everything. Yeah, and just realizing that you know, even if you want to be somewhere else, you are where you know, be present to where you are because that's the only place you can be. Right, and. You can only be you because everyone else is taken, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you want to be the best that you can be. And if you want to bring, you know, like if you're thinking about your family and your kids or your wife or husband, you're, you're going to be like, well, the question would be, do you want to bring seconds to the relationship? If you don't want to bring seconds to the relationship, then give to yourself first. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What about prayer? Are you a spiritual guy? I'm definitely spiritual, yeah. absolutely for sure. I, I'm not um, religious, but I'm spiritual. Right. Well, um, let's shift gears real quick. Um, the boards that you're writing, I know, I believe you're writing boards shaped by Chris Borst. Yeah, yeah. What I, are those like, and what's that relationship like? Because I know he's an excellent shaper. Oh man, he is. He is one of, the, if not the. <laughs> well, you know Jeff Morgan from Glo- Global. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Jeff Nick gave him this nickname, but he wouldn't say it in front of him. But I thought it was so perfect that I actually, you know, started calling him that. And he's call him Rain Man because he's such a he's a freak when it comes to understanding like boards and the the perfect how to get the perfect surfboard. He's driven by it, like his, and he's making these things and doing these things like where he's writing his own programs for for the computer and, oh. and stuff. And like cool. the way he thinks about things is it's just a little bit more advanced than anyone else I've worked with. Right. And and he has all that background from shaping way back in the nineties at Rusty under, you mm-hmm. know, Rusty and Rick Hammond and mm-hmm. all those guys. And then he worked up with CI for a, a decade, you mm-hmm. know, with Al and all those guys. And then, you know, he kinda wanted he just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna relaunch my brand again. Because I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, I was sponsored by Carlsbad Pipelines and Wit would you know, he would have his boards in the shop. Yeah. And, and another great surfer from Carlsbad who passed away many years ago, Banning Caps, yeah. he used to ride his boards too. And I, and Wit would always tell me, like, these boards are really good. This guy knows how to shape. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we'd have, um, Wit would always invite Chris Miller, the skater, down to surf with us. This is, like I said, late 90s. Mm-hmm. And he would always, re- he was friends with um, Chris because Chris used to be a, one of the best pro skaters in the world. So right. he was on Pal Peralta from like the beginning. Yeah. Lance Mountain was his mentor. Right. And he's in that um, really famous skate movie, Searching for Animal Chin. Right. I mean, how many shapers out there can say they're an animal chin? Searching yeah. for Animal Chin. I, I had I mean, no idea. I, I didn't know. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a great surfer, right? Chris Boris. Yeah, he's a good surfer and he's still rich. Good or great? Uh, I, you know... <laughs> It's been so long. That board's going to come late. Uh, it's, that, but it's been so long since I've surfed with him, honestly, because yeah. he broke, he shattered his arm into 15 places that oh, no. he's been out of the water for God. But he, yeah, I mean, he's a good surfer right. and he's still an amazing skater. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, did he 50, break his arm skating? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How old is he? 52. Oh, man. Yeah, and he's got this huge ramp in his yard and oh, he does, he still does like 540s and stuff. I'm, 
Oh, you know, I mean, how many, yeah. how many guys are doing that at 52? Yeah. So that's not in the arc method. No, <laughs> no, that's not recommended from by arc method courses. <laughs> yeah. Well, is he making you any boards that are, um, I don't know, avant-garde? Like, are you riding fishes? Are you riding, yeah. or are you just riding boards that are very similar to what you rode when you were on tour? No, he's been, we've definitely been branching out. So he has one model called the Sabre. It's a double wing bat tail, which, and I have to say, I'm kind of like, I guess I was a little bit reluctant and I was kind of looking at this board going, this thing's just not going to work that great, you know, and went out and I put these, these big Viking, like sea drive fins, sea drive, like not sea drive, but like these upright squared off tip fins with a little runner in the back. And the board went incredible, blew my mind. Like I, I, it really showed me that I need to open my mind more to like different designs. You think the fins are a bigger part of that or the design? For sure. Cause I didn't like it as much with, um, with the threat and then the thruster, it was like too loose for me. So these huge fins on the side with the little runner and it was like amazing. Yeah. I can see why Kelly loves twin fins and like people love twin fins because that feeling, it was a feeling of a twin fin. It was so fast and loose and I could see myself riding more boards like that. We also made one called the trunk, which super wide nose, pretty thick rails and pulled in in the tail. And so, and he has been making some fishes. Um, I haven't tried mine because I haven't gotten it yet, Chris, but that's cool. Um, you know, he has been making them for some other people, and we've been branching out. And then, But then there'll be there'll be a time after riding boards like that where I'll want to go ride my 6.0 squash tail. Right. You yeah. know, there, there's certain conditions where I'm like, this is fun. I'm flying down the line, but I really want to do a huge turn back there in the pocket, and this, right. this board's just too squirrely for it. Right. You know, so yeah. there are times... And also when I go surf lowers and I'm surfing with like Griffin or Mick and, you know, they're just blowing tail everywhere. You know, it's like, I want to do that. You know, right. I'm not doing it like them, but I want to do that. Are, is, is Chris Boris making you boards that I'll still allow you to do that, but also as, as you know, I guess I'm going to say more volume. Like for sure. Yeah. I mean, I because can't, it's hard to get around on a little chip, right? Yeah. It's, and it's a, it's a mental thing too. Cause you, you rode something for so many years. You're like, that's what I ride. And I, you know, even though I haven't gained any weight, like I want more foam. Yeah. You know, it's just like I can. I wish back in my career I would have. You know, foam is your friend. Yeah. I wish I would have known that. Yeah. You know, a little bit more. There was a time when you were, and you still are, I imagine, riding Bonzers by um, by the Campbell brothers, by Malcolm, and um, yes, I just got one yesterday. Yeah, and and <laughs> and those boards are amazing too. Was there? Did you ever ride one of those in in competition? I did. <laughs> I rode it at a, uh, one year at Pipe. Well, Pipe, yeah. Yeah, so I had a heat at Pipe, and I had this board. I think it was like a 7.4, 7.2, it was a thruster with you know glass-on fins. So I, I told Duncan, I go, what if we just like hack the fins off? Was it Merrick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, knowing, you know, Duncan, he just... He's all, well, I got the grinder right here. Yeah. So I'm like, I was like in my head going, wait, wait, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And he just <laughs> hacked off the fans. <laughs> he just grinded those things off in about two minutes. Yeah. And all of a sudden my thruster had the full bonzer setup and I wrote it in my heat. Cool. Yeah, I got, I think I got a seven and I just really couldn't back up that seven. I think yeah. I got like a seven and a four or something. Right. But yeah. it was still cool and the board worked. You yeah. know, I, I went out at piping. I got, I got barreled and came out. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think everybody was kind of looking at me like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I, I remember David Miller used to ride bonzers at Pipe really well. And oh, I, yeah. He was he got a lot of really good waves. Yeah, maybe too many. <laughs> <laughs> According to that's some. Been, that's been said before. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to Chris Morrow the other day, and we were talking about this concept. First of all, we're, I was like, Chris, is it possible that we'll never have another world champion? Like, is Elo, for our, is Elo our last world champion? Like, we're not going to have one this year. Who knows what's going to happen in 2021 with COVID? Who knows if the world tour can hang on that long? No one really knows. And so hypothetically, we were just BSing. I'm like, is that possible? And he goes, yeah. And, we, and I got into this conversation with him about, well, what does it look like if, if we have to rebuild it? And Chris said, well, why don't we do this? Look, surfing's not a six-foot tri-fin anymore. Surfing is your fish that needs to be finished. You know, the... The other boards that you mentioned, um, long boarding, mid lengths, hand planing, hypo, I don't know. Chris, Chris Morrow was like, I think our champions should be able to perform all of these things. I think there should be events where all of these things, you accrue points to your world championship through these riding these things. And oh, by the way, Jaws is in that conversation. Mm. What do you think about something like that? That's pretty broad and it's kind of left field. Yeah, I mean, I like... I like the idea of changing it up and having people ride different equipment. Like I said, I do that. Um, I've done that for for seasons contest. Yeah. And one division is single fin, one's twin, and one's thruster. And it's really cool to see guys that you've never seen ride a single fin before. You know? Yeah. It's cool to see what what they do with it and the lines they draw. Um, now hand planing and like <laughs> mid length. I, Mark I Cunningham's listening, right? <laughs> no, I love Mark's a dear friend of mine. I, I love do. Mark, and I think what he does is incredible. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. I'd like to. I don't him. think he uses a hand plane, but yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, if the surfers are, it, it really matters to sit down with the surfers and say, okay, what do you think? Because you're going to yeah. want them to be there and be inspired, yeah, and and not be there because they have to be there, right? So, yes, is is there room for that? Definitely. Yeah. It would be cool to see those guys at an event where they did have to ride something different. Like, remember when Rusty had that anything but three contest? Yeah. yeah. So that was awesome. Yeah. You know, people showing up with all these different designs and and people were still ripping. Yeah. Um, that, that was sort of a, there was some breakthroughs there. I mean, I, I think the twins are kind of re, revitalized because of that event, you know? Yeah. And Didn't you win that event? No, I I didn't. You won at Blacks? Was it a Blacks or Lowe's? I was at Blacks. Yeah, I'm not sure what I got in that contest, but I I won one of the Sunts down there. That oh, okay, Sunt right. contest, yeah. 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 Well, um, who's the best competitive surfer in the world right now today? Who's the best competitive surfer in the world? Competitive? Yeah. Well, I had to say Italo. Right. That's you know, sort of the go-to. Like I was his... wondering if maybe you were going to throw Gabe into the equation, but. I mean, Gabe's right there. I mean, to me, it's like you got Gabe, you got Italo, you got John John, you you got Philippe and and Jordy kind of on the cusp, but yeah. you know something might. There's just like ninety percent maybe there. Right. You know, it's like it seems like those guys have really they're the the, the leaders. Okay, you've of the you've group. named some great guys here. Let me throw this at you. What about this concept of? of a UFC um, format where you take those guys, because frankly, as an end user consumer, I'm good with watching those guys. I don't necessarily need to watch Surfer X right. you know, that's ranked 24th and it's always on the bubble. Right. We've got five, six, eight really good guys. Let's take them somewhere, can do it left or whatever. And let's put on an event there for the end user to 
pay-per-view like they do with UFC. Is that something that interests you as an end user and as a former competitor? For sure. I mean, I, I tune in to watch all the contests. Yeah. I'm still interested for sure. And Do you think I, we should pare down the top 32 to a top 16 again? Yeah, but the, you, know, you got to remember there's there's other – I mean, and I didn't miss it, uh, mention Julian Wilson. He's right there in that cusp as well. Like There's, there's quite a few. I mean, yeah, there's quite a few. I would even throw like really, Ethan Ewing some names under yeah, the right. radar that – And there's a guy who – Barely qualified, you know, and right. you get, you want to watch those guys. Yeah. Like Ethan's. Well, we like, could get them in the top sixteen, right? Is right. top sixteen okay, or do we need to go to twenty four or thirty two? What's a good number for you? I, I think it would be cool if there were an event or two where it was top sixteen. You know, yeah. like even if it was like a specialty event where they were going for just big money, yeah. but not, you know, obviously if there's going to be a champ at the end, everyone has the right to serve right. all the contests, right. you know? So this is a specialty thing. This would be a specialty thing. And, and who knows, they, they could someday get to Does that watered down. I mean, if Pat O'Connell was here, the commissioner of the WSL, and we we're talking about this and he, Pat's so politically astute, Right, that he probably wouldn't go. Oh, but I would assume he's in the back of his mind. He's going, well, that's going to water down the long form format of you know all of these events leading to a world title. If if this thing, these specialty events, start to take over, we've created this beast. That's if the specialty events. If you wanted to go that route, then there should it, it should be it'd be nice if there was a strong domestic tour because you know at the end of the day, like we'd all tune in if we knew like oh the surf's flat today and. You know, there's contests going on at Sebastian Inlet, and it's pumping. Well, you're going to tune in to watch. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're going to want to see some guys blown up over there, or or in the Caribbean or something. Yeah. You're going to want to watch that. So, I wouldn't want. I want, want. I still want there to be all those young kids out there, like thinking like they have a chance. They're striving to get there. Yeah. Not everyone's going to make it, but if you, I don't know if you make it so small that kids are like, you know what, it's just too. I'm not, it's too far of a pipe dream. Like yeah. I feel like I'm too disconnected. Yeah. So that's the problem, right? Like that's sort of the age old thing. Like if we go small, then we don't, we're not, we don't have a feeder tube. That's a successful feeder tube to this bigger thing. You, you need a, a solid like triple A, yeah. you know, like the bud tour was awesome for that. When I was yeah. coming up, yeah. you know, it was cool. And it was cool because you're going to have like the young hot surfers around here. Like, you know, I don't know, like Lucas Olson or like, you know, yeah, all these young kids are, they're on the cusp, you know, then they really want it bad and they're, they're trying hard. It feels like the culture is kind of working against them a little bit these days with the Instagram, with, with, with pros, with the things that get our attention as surfers, you and I, or at least get mine. If I go to my Instagram and I'm like, oh, look at Colin, or is it Colin Colapinto or Griffin's Griffin. brother. Griffin's brother. Oh. Um, He's got this Instagram called Co- Cucapinto. Crosby. Crosby. He's yeah. incredible. It's just <laughs> fascinating. He's got, I don't know how many, I bet he's got like 250,000 followers, right? <laughs> so brands are like, this shit's got some, mo- this guy's got mojo going, right? Or if we skip through and whoever it is, you know, Gabe Medina's got millions, the most right. pro server. And then there's guys like um, Jonathan Wayne Freeman who's putting out some parody stuff on Instagram, which is fun and it's fascinating. And he's got a, he's got quite a following. He's almost kind of like the John Stewart of surfing in a way. Like he's this comedic guy, but he's making some valid points about certain things. Mm-hmm. These guys are getting my attention more so than Lucas Olson, for mm. instance, 
who might be getting my attention. I don't know. But right. my point is, is that a, a better example is like any guy that's, that's ranked 24th through 32nd on tour isn't necessarily getting all of the attention that these other guys that are just mentioned are because of Instagram. And so because they're getting way more eyeballs, they are in a sense, the new pro surfing. Or maybe I'm not connecting the dots. Well, well they're enough. definitely characters in surfing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, are they watering down the effort that, that a young pro surfer like Luke is trying to attain? He's, he's grinding. He's doing the thing. He's going to NSSA Nationals. And it's not really on the radar the way NSSA Nationals, as you know, used to be a big deal. Yeah. And I'm sure they still are to those that are doing it. But to the, your average surf consumer, I'm looking at you're, Crosby Colapinto. You're looking at, you're looking at fun. Yes. You want to be entertained. Right. right. Entertained. You want to be entertained. Right. And I get that. That's that is social media, or it's, you know, or there's all this all this keyboard confidence out there too. But I mean, you look at, you know, like John John. He's not on Instagram that much. He doesn't post that much. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's also nice to. I miss Mystique. Because when I was growing up, you would wait a month for each magazine to come out, and you'd read every article, and you'd. Look at that magazine a hundred times, you know, even though you've seen the pictures, you still look at the pictures the next day and, and you would kind of have this like, I think I know what this person's like from reading articles, but don't really know what they're like. Yeah. And then I think like Taylor's movies came out, Taylor Steele's movies, and it was fun. It made people laugh. It, it was good surfing. You kind of knew a little bit more about, I think right in that era was a really good balance yeah. where, and you could also show up at the contests see them maybe you're at the after party after the contest you know yeah. and, you're, and now it just seems like it's people are too detached right i feel like it, it's there's too much um i don't i just like to see a little bit more mystique in surfing right. Right. and that's and that's why you know john john's one of my favorites because he you know just once in a while post something it blows your mind you, you know? just did right yeah, yeah. so you're kind of like wow like yeah. haven't heard from him from him in a while and that's kind of nice. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom. Oh, yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's my favorite. Right. Dane Reynolds is kind of like that, too. Dane right. is totally like that. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, he kind of lays low. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, here's a new edit. It's blowing your mind. Like, yeah. you know, those two guys are probably like my two favorites. You know, those yeah. two and Mick to get inspired by yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah. And Griffin, too. Griffin's a really... Griffin, Italo, Italo makes surfing fun. Yes. He looks like he's having fun. Exactly. He, he makes you smile because he's smiling and yes. making, you know, and he's also like all his video or like his Instagram posts, they look like video games. I mean, what he's doing is just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, he does this on a reg. If I did one of those aerial flip things, I would have been like, I retire. I don't even. <laughs> no, he is not. amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Well. Feels like we've talked about a lot. We've done a lot. We've said a lot here. Yeah, I feel like we. It's been pretty fun, Scott. Yeah. Um, again, arcmethodcourse.com is where you guys can can check out Taylor's um, age reverse conditioning workouts. And I'm involved. I'm doing them, and and I'm and I'm stoked to say I'm seeing results that. He's yeah. walking around. I can, I'm, I'm a witness right here. He's <laughs> yeah. walking around just fine. He's swinging a golf club. I am. It's scary. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Taylor. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mr. Bass. Appreciate it, too.
Elevator's going up In the gleaming corridor of the 51st floor The money can be made if you really want some more Executive decision, a clinical precision Jumping from the windows filled with indecision I get good advice from the advertising world Treat me nice, party girl Refreshers in the corridors of power When top men need a top up long before the happy hour These snakes skin suit and your alligator boot You don't need a long day, you can take it to the bed I get my advice from the advertising world Treat me nice, sister, body girl Go get live where there isn't any So freeze, yeah, freeze Go, go to advertising and cocaine Strolling down the Broadway in the rain I read it in the paper, they're crazy Yes, suit your life, maybe so In the White House, I know All over Berlin, they do it for years And in Manhattan Coming through the door is the slum nose 44 The barrel can't snort, it can spatter on the floor Your eyeballs feel like pinballs and your tongue feels like a fish You're leaping from the window saying, I'm giving out of it. 